The first tenet listed in our Declaration of Faith declares that we believe in one God, eternally existing in three persons, namely the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost. And what I want to share with you from the New Testament this morning are witnesses of the fact that Jesus Christ is in fact and indeed the Son of God. And also to reaffirm our belief that Jesus Christ is indeed and in fact God the Son. He is the Son of God. He is also God the Son. Now I could dwell on this for several hours, especially going into uh, the Gospel of John chapter 17 when our Lord prays to his Father in heaven. But I want to specifically focus in on the truth concerning the identity of Jesus Christ and the witnesses that are revealed in the New Testament to confirm this truth that he is in fact the Son of God. Now the first witness that we have here that Peter is speaking of, and there are a couple of places in the New Testament where God the Father declares that Jesus is indeed his Son. On, uh, uh, when he was baptized in the River Jordan, you had uh, our Lord in the water, you had the voice from heaven, this is my beloved son. You have the Holy Spirit coming down on him in the form of a dove. On the Mount of Transfiguration, uh, Peter was uh, really, and to try to put this sweet, I mean when God tells you to shut up and sit down, you need to shut up and sit down. You know, Peter had this great idea, let's build tabernacles for all this. And God the Father says, boy, you need, I'm paraphrasing, boy, you need to uh, just sit down. You need to hear, listen to what he says because he is my son. So the first witness is that of God the Father as he declares that Jesus Christ is indeed and in fact my son. Let's move on. Matthew chapter 14 verse number 31. Very familiar when uh, Peter jumps out of the boat and then he sinks. And immediately Jesus stretched out his hand and caught him, caught Peter and said to him, Oh, you have little faith. Why did you doubt? And when they got into the boat, the wind ceased. Then those who were in the boat came and worshipped him saying, Truly, you are the Son of God. So we have the witness of the Father. Now we have the witness of the disciples. As they see this miracle take place, the Lord is standing, oh, he's walking on the water. You and I can't do that. Now Peter did it as long as his eyes were on the Lord, but when he took his eyes off Jesus and put them on the storm, he did what you and I do. We begin to sink. The only way we're ever going to make it, listen, folks, is that we... Put our eyes and keep our eyes on the Lord Jesus Christ because he is the Son of God. He is God the Son. So we have the witness of the Father. We have the witness of the disciples who were with him daily, you know, throughout the, the three and a half years of his earthly ministry. Let's move ahead. Mark chapter 3, verse number 9. This may be a little shocking. So he told his disciples that a small boat should be kept ready for him because of the multitude, lest they should crush him. For he healed many, so that as many as had afflictions pressed about him to touch him. Amen. Verse 11. And the unclean spirits, whenever they saw him, fell down before him and cried out, saying, what? You are the Son of God. Amen. So we have the witness of the Father. We have the witness of the disciples. Now we have the witness of unclean spirits. We have the witness of demons. Even the demons cry out. You are the son. I tell you what, I don't want no unclean spirit devil to do my crying out for me. 
Amen. I want to declare it myself. I confess that Jesus Christ is the Son of God. Hallelujah. Even the demons recognize this. You remember the gathering demoniac? Why have you come to, you know, to uh, torture us before the time? They knew who he was, listen, and they knew what he could do, and more than that, they knew what he is going to do. Please, send us into the pigs. Boy, can you imagine <coughs> when that becomes a desirable option? Send us into the pigs. So we have the witness of the devil himself, unclean spirits. Amen. Mark chapter 15, verse number 37. Jesus cried out with a loud voice and breathed his last when he was on the cross. Then the veil of the temple was torn in two from top to bottom to reveal that there was no Ark of the Covenant behind there, by the way. It had been taken a long time before that. Verse 39 is what I want to press on. So when the centurion who stood opposite him saw that he cried out like this and breathed his last, he said, the centurion, the Roman soldier, the Roman officer who was in charge of our Lord's crucifixion after he had witnessed Jesus on the cross, what does he say? Who is the first man to get saved in the new covenant? is a Roman centurion, is a Gentile because he declares truly this man was the Son of God. Woo! We have the witness of the Father. We have the witness of the disciples. We have the witness of unclean spirits. And now we have the witness of this Roman centurion. He had heard about Jesus because everybody in Jerusalem had heard about Jesus. He's like, well, you know, we got another Jew we're going to crucify. But this just wasn't another Jew that they were going to crucify. Because when he beheld him, when he heard the words, those seven sayings from the cross that Jesus proclaimed, and when our Lord gave up the spirit, so to speak, gave up the ghost, and, and offered himself as a sacrifice for our sins, that Roman, and look, this is the working of the Holy, it was the Holy Spirit that gave this centurion understanding. And then he confessed it. Truly, this was the Son of God. Apostle Paul says in Romans, we'll confess with our mouth and believe in our heart, we'll be saved. Brother Andy, what makes you think that centurion got saved? Because he had just confessed that Jesus Christ was the Son of God right out of his heart. He had had an experience with him, and he believed it. Truly, this was the Son of God. Wouldn't it be great? And something I look forward to, I won't talk to this guy. Brother Andy, do you believe he made it to heaven? I think pretty probably that he is there. I, I know that, that this confession was enough to save him. I don't know what happened in the rest of his life, but wouldn't it be something? Wouldn't it be just like Jesus to save the very man who was in charge of his crucifixion? Father, forgive them because they don't know what they're doing. So we have the witness of the centurion. John chapter 11, verse number 25. Jesus said to her, speaking to Martha, I am the resurrection and the life. He who believes in me, though he may die, he shall live. And whoever lives and believes in me shall never die. And then he asked the question that we all need to answer. Do you believe this? She said to him, yes, Lord. I believe that you are the Christ, the Son of God, who has come into the world. Hallelujah. So we have all these, and there are more I could get into, but that's not the thrust of this message. This message, the Lord planted this in me, and I, as I've shared with you over the years on many occasions, 
uh, Brother Chowdhury's testimony. Uh, when he first came to us in 1989, we were in the uh, uh, Seventh-day building, the old Church of God building over on Bella Avenue. We met him through Brother Dolus Messer. We didn't know who Moses Chowdhury was. And uh, how many of y'all were there and remember that first Sunday night when Moses Chowdhury came? Raise your hand. You were there. You haven't forgotten it, have you? Boy, I hadn't either. He stood there and shared his testimony, talked about his mama with tears coming down his face. So let's examine, as the Lord impressed this on me, to share with you today. I'm going to refer to her as Mama Chowdhury because she's got a Hindu name. It's probably 19 syllables. I couldn't pronounce it anyway. So we're just going to call her Mama Chowdhury, all right? Mama Chowdhury was born a high caste Hindu in the nation of India, and that's something. Because in India, you have the caste system, part of the Hindu religion. You either high caste or low caste. Or we can put it in terms we can understand. You either high class or low class, which low class means no class. And uh, to, to occupy a position of advantage that you did not earn because it is placed upon you at birth, if you are uh, born into a family that is high caste Hindu, then that's something that you will be proud of all the days of your life. If you high caste Hindu in India, you can walk around with your nose stuck up just as far as you want it to, honey, because you high caste. And, if, and, and if these other people are the low caste peoples. And I know I, I, I do my impersonation of Brother, uh, Brother Chowdhury and of other Indian folks that I've met over the years. These low caste people, you see them in Walmart wearing their pajamas, the low caste people. I don't want to offend nobody. I just can't do that. She was born high caste. She married a high caste man because high caste people marry high caste people. High caste people don't marry low caste people. You know why? Because they low caste. I ain't marrying that. And a lot of their marriages are, and here's another thing. Brother Moses' marriage was arranged. You didn't know that? Him and Amaji. Amen. He, I, I thank God anyway that mine wasn't. I just fell in love with my wife. Anyway. She's part of a high-caste family, marries a high-caste man, has a high-caste son. And as events unfold where they live, they become in uh, conflict with another high-caste family. It's what we call down south a feud, a blood feud. And in India, let me and understand this clearly, in India the devil has pretty much a free reign to do what he wants because the church is so small. And they go in this feud, and the opposing family hires a witch doctor. Now, we think of witch doctor. We think of these old African movies, you know, and the guy's got all kind of stuff to you, you know. But in, in India, it's, it's, it's different. These are practicing witch doctors, and, they, and the power that they will comes from the enemy, comes from the devil. But it works over there. Can I take a little side note right quick? If you do not have the blood of Christ covering you, you are vulnerable to an attack of the enemy. And the only thing that can stop him or unclean spirits is the shed blood of Jesus Christ. He can only come so, he can stand outside the blood and make all kind of faces all day long and lie to you, but he cannot cross the blood of Jesus. Hallelujah. Well, this family did not have the protection of the blood of Jesus. They were Hindus. They were practicing Hindus. So Mama Chowdhury's husband, Moses' dad, dies as a result of this. And now, his name wasn't Moses in it, but Gulapali. He's laying on the bed as a young man, and he is dying. His dad's dead. 
He's sick. He's dying. His mama has taken him to avail herself of everything the Hindu religion affords as a means of deliverance and healing for her son, all to no avail. She's done this, taken this temple, did this, that, and the other. Nothing's worked. He's laying on the bed, and he's dying. And we come to this. I mean, I've, I've shouted this. I don't know how many churches. I've, but I've never examined her prayer before this morning. The first thing Mama Chowdhury says, listen, is Jesus. And what? see, she, Mama Chowdhury never been to Sunday school. Mama Chowdhury never been to church. Mama Chowdhury don't know nothing about the Bible. But she speaks the name that is above every name. And when Mama Chowdhury beside that bed says Jesus, she has the attention of heaven. Jesus, they tell me you are the God of the Christians. Somebody told this Hindu woman, somebody told this Hindu woman that Jesus was more than a prophet, that Jesus was more than a teacher, that Jesus was more than a patriarch, that a greater than Moses has come, that a greater than Elijah has come, that a greater than anybody else who has ever been has come. Somebody told this Hindu woman that Jesus was God Almighty. Jesus, she got the attention of heaven. They, whoever they was, they tell me that you are the God of the Christians, that you are God. Let that sink in for a second. That you are God. That's what they tell me. Somebody told this woman that Jesus was God. And in the hour of her greatest desperation, as her son lays dying on that bed, she calls on his name. And she has the attention of heaven. She just shares her little Hindu testimony. Somebody told me, somebody told me, <laughs> whoo, that you're God. Somebody told me that you're God, that you are the God of the Christians. And then she prays a prayer. Moses said, I never pray. She said, if you are God, not if you are a prophet, not if you are a teacher, not if you are a, 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 a morally right person, or not if you are all these, but if you are God. Because Mama Chowdhury didn't need a philosopher. She didn't need a prophet. Mama Chowdhury's got a dying son, and she needs God Almighty. If you are God, because she knew that God was the only one that could help her son. If you are God, whoo, and if you will heal my son, because God heals. There's healing in the name of Jesus. I, in response to that, will serve you and you alone for the rest of my life. And when those words come out of her mouth, 
the man we know as Moses Chowdhury, Gulapati Chowdhury, comes up out of the bed healed. Amen. Comes up out of that bed healed because somebody told mama that Jesus was God. Hallelujah. Do, what do we need to be telling folks? We've, we've kind of come off our message because we don't want to be offensive. We need to get back on message. Now, I'm all for folks inviting folks to church. That's all grand and good. But our, our message has not come to this church. Our message is this. Jesus Christ is the Son of God. That's why we're here. Jesus Christ is God the Son. Hallelujah. Jesus Christ is God. More than a prophet, more than a leader, more than a religious figure, Jesus Christ is God Almighty. Hallelujah. And the Word became flesh and dwelt among us. Praise God. What are the results of somebody? Lord knows who it is. I don't. Moses has never told me. I don't know if Moses knows who spoke to his mama. But somebody told that high caste Hindu woman that Jesus is God. What's the result of that? Well, praise the Lord. He healed Moses, whom we refer to as Moses because Brother Chowdhury changed his name to Moses. He still, he'll put Gulapali in parentheses so the Hindu folks can have a little idea. Who are you talking about? They don't know who Moses is. His mama didn't know who Moses was when she prayed at his bedside. All she knew is that somebody told her that Jesus was God. What is the result of that? Today, well, let's just, just do this thing chronologically. Moses grows up. He becomes very dissatisfied. He, he, as a young man, he became a communist. Amen. Just because mama got saved, listen, just because you don't, just because you got healed don't mean you got saved, okay? That's not, just because you got healed don't mean you got saved. But when he got older and become despair, he was such a state of depression and despair. No, you know, nothing's worth nothing. It's all like, you know, Ecclesiastes, it's all vanity. And he was about at the point where he was going to take his life and the Spirit of God spoke to him. Why? Because mama has been serving Jesus ever since he got healed as a child. <laughs> Woo! Mama been praying for her son ever since the Lord healed him on that great day. See, she's kept her word. She has served the Lord and him alone ever since that day when she told the Lord, I will serve you. She meant it and God knew that she meant it. That's why he honored her prayer. She was sincere and she'd been praying for that boy. And now he's a young man and now he's dissatisfied and he's discouraged, he's depressed and all this other stuff. And the Spirit of God speaks to this young man and says, if you don't want your life, give it to me. And he does. He is married to Amaji. I love Sister Amaji. She tickles me. She can't hardly speak a lick of English. But you know what? When she's speaking in tongues, you can tell it. I, you know, 
I don't have any sympathy for unclean spirit, but, buddy, I'd hate to be the unclean spirit that meets her on the sidewalk going down the road. <laughs> so the Lord gives Moses a maji. Can I just share something with you right quick? I don't know if I've ever shared this with you before. Years ago, a few years back. We pick up Brother Moses in the Daresville at the Hardy's most of the time. And we're coming back to Somerville. And Brother Moses in front seat. I think it was in the van or something. Anyway, Sister Maggie's in the back. Moses got a phone call from one of their grandsons in Chicago, right? And uh, he's and I speak to Maggie. He got to speak in Telugu, right? So he says a little something to her in Telugu, a little something to his grandson. And all of a sudden, Sister Maggie starts speaking to Moses in Telugu. And I mean, she is letting him know how the cow chews the cud. And Moses gets tickled, right? <laughs> Brother Andy, uh, uh, would you like for me to? I said, Brother Moses, you don't have to interpret that, son. That's the same in any language. It was something about their grandson. Boy, whoo, 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 she would let, <laughs> full of bony fingers, she would let him out. But anyway, Moses, Moses, a godly woman. He gets a good wife, right? From that union, there are four daughters. All four daughters marry preachers. All four of them. So you have one who is in Atlanta right now in Jothi. You have one, Prasad, and I forgot his wife's name, in Bijuara, one in Hyderabad, one in Visaka up the coast. In all three of these cities, the ministry, the work that we support here from Somerville is reaching out to thousands and thousands of well, folks in India who have no idea who Jesus is. Amen. Brother Moses shared with me that the only Christian witness they had after the Lord healed him and his mama had made up her mind she was going to find out about this Jesus of the Christ because she, she knows he is God and she means to serve him. We sing that song, I want no more about my Lord. Mama child didn't want no more about this Jesus who was able to heal her son. And Moses said, the only Christian witness we had was a cigar-smoking Catholic priest. He said, that was it. Until the day that they met and came into contact, listen, with a Church of God missionary named Harold Tucker. Somebody told Mama Chowdhury that Jesus is God. Based on that witness, she reaches out to him. He responds to her. She commits herself to him totally. Her son, whom the Lord has healed, is now a child of God, giving his life to the Lord. He has involved himself in ministry. He comes to the United States. He graduates from what was in Lee College. He graduates from the School of Theology in Cleveland, Tennessee. He's got all this stuff. He is a very well-educated man. He's got four daughters, all four of those daughters. They come to the United States. They graduate from Lee. They're married to preachers. And now you've got these three because Ratna's in Atlanta. And don't get Moses started about Ratna. Ratna is in Atlanta. He should be in, with the, me in India and the ministries. But now, having said that, Ratna's got his home plates full, and he has a great ministry going on. And I think Moses just likes to pick at him. He's a great guy. I love him dearly. But my point is all four of his daughters are involved in ministry. 
And you have these three great works that are taking place in India right now, and thousands of people are hearing the gospel, and thousands of people are going to church and enjoying the presence of the Holy Spirit just like we do. Same God, same Spirit there that's right here today because somebody told that Hindu high-caste woman that Jesus was God. And that, beloved, is our confession. We confess that Jesus Christ is the Son of God. We agree with God the Father. We agree with God the Holy Spirit. We agree with the disciples. We even agree with unclean spirits on that one point that Jesus is the Son of God. We believe, we agree with the Roman centurion who declared on the day of our Lord's crucifixion, truly, this was the Son of God. We agree with old Sister Martha who says, you are the Son of God who's coming to the world. That is our confession. And beloved, that's the rub. What we are seeing today as we enter the end of the end times is this great push against that singular truth these people who have lost their natural mind and too many of them are in the government in Washington pushing this whole agenda it is a godless agenda they're not mad at us because here in the, in the Bible the buckle of the Bible belt we are for the most part politically conservative folks it's not our conservatism that's got them mad what's got them upset is the fact that we declare and we get in their face and say, I believe that Jesus Christ is the Son of God. They don't like that. You know why? Because it, it brings conviction on them. Because if that's true, they in trouble. If Jesus is the Son of God, members of the LGBTQT, AMF, FBI, CIA community are on their way to hell. Now, I don't rejoice in anybody going to hell, neither does the Lord. But the thing of it is, if Jesus is God, unless they repent, they're toast. If Jesus is God, they lose and have already lost. Because to quote Brother Dolan Smesser, what are you going to do with a man who has defeated death? He who defeats death wins. Jesus Christ has defeated death. He has already won. Read the back of the book. I'm not trying to win a war. War's won. Lord said, it is finished. Father, into your hands I commend my spirit. And the war was won. You know what the response to the universe was when Jesus uttered those words? It was earthquake. <laughs> what happened? The war just been won. We do battle for the souls of men. But praise God, the future has already been determined. The outcome, hallelujah, has already been determined. Jesus is God. He wins. And those who believe in him win. Like Brother Bobby was praying this morning. Thank you, Lord, for a glorified body. Those who believe that Jesus is God wins. Those of us who confess him, we win. We're going in a resurrection. Hallelujah. We have been given, already been given the gift of eternal life. What has a devil or this world 
got to compare with that because Jesus is God. Amen. And it's time that we return to that confession. That's going to make some folks really angry. You're just backward. Remember when uh, President Obama said you cling to your, your God, your guns, and you buy some kind of saying, you know, man, that boy going to have to stand before God. You know, and, and people think, well, just because I haven't been zapped or, 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 or knocked down by a lightning or just because God hasn't judged me, God is merciful. God will save Barack Obama. Amen. If he'll believe in him and repent, God save him. Who's the nastiest, awfulest person you can think of? Jesus Christ died to save their soul. Adolf Hitler was you know, an absolute demon-possessed. You just go on down the list. But in spite of all that, as bad as he was, he's the closest thing, I guess, we have in current history or, or recent history to the gathering demoniac. But I'm telling you that Jesus Christ would have saved Adolf Hitler if he had called on his name and asked for salvation. Who is it? You know why? Because Jesus, who, you know, they asked him the question when Jesus started forgiving folks' sins. Remember that woman? I say your sins are forgiven you. They're like, whoa, you can't do that. And then he just plainly says, your faith has saved you, sweetheart. I have forgiven you of your sins. Is it easier to say rise up and walk or your sins be forgiven? Jesus going around forgiving people of their sins. Amen. And they asked the question, who can forgive sins but God? Well, hello, who do you think is doing all this forgiving? God Almighty. Woo! The Word made flesh who has dwelt among us. That's the crust of the issue. That is our confession. That is our testimony. That is our declaration to the world. No matter what the opposing viewpoint may be, that we are founded on this rock. Amen. That Jesus Christ from the witness of the Father. This is my beloved Son in whom I am well pleased. Praise God. He is our Savior. I tell you, I, I want to agree with the Father. I'm fixing to hush. I want to agree with God the Father and declare that I am well pleased with Jesus Christ. <laughs> I, woo, I am well pleased with Jesus Christ. I have never been disappointed in Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ has never failed me. Amen. He is King of kings and Lord of lords. And I agree with the word of God, especially this real nice new one I got. I don't, how much y'all pay? I don't know when I asked him. Because it feels expensive. I agree with this book that Jesus is the Son of God. I agree with this book that Jesus is is God the Son. Stand with me all over the house. He said, I can hush now. I don't feel like it, but he said I can. <laughs>